The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Another exciting evening plan today. I have a special guest that has a wonderful program that is just beginning, an exciting new book that is out. But before we get right into that, I do want to also mention that the new issue of 1111 Magazine will be out on Mother's Day. And so definitely take a look at that. If you're not familiar with it, you can sign up for your free subscriptions at 1111mag.com. There is a special feature of my guest in this upcoming issue, so definitely take a look along with many other beautiful individuals from around the world sharing sharing their voices and their gifts and their unique genius with the planet. So I look forward to sharing that with you as you learn and grow and expand who you are as you find your own soul signature, which is what we are going to discuss today. My guest is Panash Desai. He is a contemporary thought leader whose message of love and self-acceptance has drawn thousands of people from around the world to his seminars and workshops. Not aligned with any religious or spiritual tradition, he empowers people to free themselves of pain, suffering, sadness, and self-limiting beliefs. He was born and raised in London, England, and spent his childhood surrounded by a spiritual family deeply immersed in the atmosphere of prayer and worship. Panache has appeared on the Emmy Award-winning OWN series, Super Soul Sunday, and was featured on OWN Soul to Soul, Asking Life's Big Questions. She, he has recently released the book, Discovering Your Soul Signature, A 33-Day Path to Purpose, Passion, and Joy, which is just out and has actually launched a wonderful 33-day 33 consecutive day journey that will support you in moving out of judgment into acceptance, out of limitation into love, out of fear and scarcity into peace and abundance. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Panash Desai to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me back on. It's great to be here with you and and all the listeners. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you here, and I want to congratulate you on your book. I know that all of those that know and love you are thrilled to see this come out, and those that are getting to know you are going to be so supported in their remembrance of who they are. So I'd like to begin first by having you give us a an explanation or definition or description of what what you mean by soul signature. Your soul signature is your spiritual DNA. It's who you are at your core. It's your most authentic expression. And so what I've discovered is that every single human being at their core is love. And that that potential has become veiled. And it's become veiled through the unprocessed emotional content that we've accumulated through life because we judge our emotions. There's societal norms around it. There's conditioning around it. 
And so instead of just experiencing our sadness, we repress it, suppress it, over time it becomes depression. Instead of just experiencing our anger, we repress it, suppress it, we stuff it, and it becomes rage. And the same thing with our fear. So what's happened is that this emotional content is masking the dynamic potential of our soul signature. And this book is a journey to help us lovingly embrace everything that we haven't felt so that we can begin to unleash that potential so that it can inform our lives. And as we go through the book, you have this set up in a way also that they go even deeper uh, into 33 days, 33 steps. Uh, Then you do the the consecutive day path that you are supporting people with. And it's things like fear and anger and shame and addiction and ego, all of the things that every single one of us seem to find ourselves facing in life or not facing in life, uh, ending up with exactly where you are. But so many times some of these words have a definition that we have adopted based on our experience of them, so we don't really even know what the truth of those things are, such as love. So can you describe when you say that we are love and we come from love and that's where we're journeying back to the remembrance of that truth uh, to, to really live out our soul signature, describe what you see as the true essence of love for us. Well, for me, all of this was born um, from my own personal experiences. And I was raised by my grandmother for the first five years of my life. And she was this really frail Indian lady who wore these thick frame glasses and she had this distinct aroma of coconut oil. And even the air in 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 my house smelled sacred. It was a very sacred environment. And everyone's focus was on the divine, love and devotion. And when you're Indian... um, God is infinite. So literally, I had pictures of everybody on the wall. You know, I grew up with a great respect for every incredible being that had walked the earth. Now, being Indian also, um, on the weekends, you go see gurus and you go see, you watch Bollywood movies. And so on the weekends, we'd go see a lot of gurus and they'd all basically say, we've been waiting for you, you're here to do something brilliant and you have our blessing. And I was very skeptical because, you know, not every guru is necessarily leading you to your salvation. Some of them are leading you up a garden path. So I was always the kind of person where I never took what somebody said on face value. I always had to personally experience it. And so for me, this message in this book was born of a personal experience that I had of the divine. I literally got to a point in my life where it was too painful for me not to be myself. And I'd been told my whole life that I was here to do something, and it just become frustrating for me. So I literally just screamed out to God, to the divine, to the source of creation, whatever name you want to use. Like, if you're real then show me, because I have to experience you. Because if I'm here to be a messenger, in the absence of that experience, I'm not going to do it. And literally, Simran, wave after wave of like fear and sadness and anger started to wash through me. All that heaviness, the, the density that I'd accumulated in life started to wash through me. And as all of this was washing through me, all of a sudden I started to feel more peaceful and greater possibility and greater you know, love. And it culminated in an experience that I had of the divine. And the divine is just this infinite ocean of energy with no beginning and no end. And we're all a part of it. And there's no judgment. There's no criteria. There's nothing that we have to become. There's nothing that we have to do. Every single one of us is a part of this. And that is who we are at our core. And so in discovering your soul signature, really what we're embarking on is a journey to our most authentic expression to who we already are at our core, which is health, which is love, which is abundance, which is light, which is the deepest level of being that any human being can access within their lifetime. Now, I know you said before that you were living as somebody else, and I think that that's probably what 
most people end up facing is that we're all living as somebody else that we aren't really, but how many of us, first of all, recognize it and how many of us are able to step out of it. Can you talk about uh, the steps to really being willing to let go of that somebody else that you were living as to be able to embrace your own soul signature? Well, for me, the key has been acceptance, and I, uh, and I realized that that's really the most profound tool that we have to accessing who we are at our deepest core essence. You know, we're, we're brought up in this culture of judgment. You know, it's not okay to cry. It's not okay to feel your fear. It's not okay to be angry because anger's only ever been modeled to us in a destructive way. And so there's so much judgment around who we are as human beings and how we're supposed to show up. And then there's all these societal norms, like, for example, anger is not a socially acceptable emotion, you know, or, and sadness isn't okay. Like, if you're sad and you're in a room full of people, every single person in that room would try and fix you or make you feel better because they don't want to look in the mirror of sadness. And so we're at a pivotal time in our evolution where I believe that now we have to accept and embrace those parts of ourselves that we've judged. And that's the only way in truth that we can be free that we're not broken, that we don't need fixing, that we don't need healing, that that isn't what this is about. But it's actually about being who we are, as we've been created to be, living in alignment with that. Because when we live in alignment with who we are, literally our life takes off in a way that I cannot even describe in words. And that's the blessing of this. So some of the indicators that you're not living your soul signature are stress, anxiety, worry, struggle, inner conflict, outer conflict, uh, disease, illness, financial uh, loss, financial struggle, anywhere where there is any form of limitation in life, there is somewhere within yourself where you are not accepting and embracing who you are. And as someone is moving into their soul signature or life, uh, they step into more of that place of who they really are meant to express as on the planet we still live in a world that is uh, a bit denser or that has its different polarities. So how does one tend to then balance? You know, at this point, I'm sure after all of the work that you've done with people, thousands of people around the world, with the many workshops that you've created, being on OWN, being on Huffington Post Live, being a part of so many big things that are taking place, I'm sure even you, in the work that you're doing, there's been the waves of how do I keep the balance while I'm doing all these things in the world that are my soul signature. Can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, not really, because um, there's no need to find balance when you're just being yourself. So I'll answer it this way. It takes all the effort in the world for you not to be who you are, and that's why people go to bed absolutely exhausted every night. But it takes no effort at all to be who you are. And it's almost like once you come into alignment with who you are, life becomes effortless. Now, that's not to say that things aren't still going to happen. They are. But for the most part, you'll remain peaceful and relaxed in the midst of them. And so for me, you know, everything that's happening with me in the expansion is a direct result of my willingness to be myself and to, and to speak the truth that I've been given to speak and to share this experience and to deliver it you know, on a world stage in the biggest possible way. And that's exactly what's happened. But that's just through my willingness to be myself, to have the courage to lovingly be inclusive of all the aspects of myself that I, told, that I was told were wrong and bad or that I had to in some way make up for. At some point, we finally have to be good enough for ourselves. And when we are, literally, that harmony and balance that we're trying to 
create or that we're trying to have becomes a non-issue because you're so in alignment with who you are that everything literally is done from a place of harmony. So there's no wear and tear on you because there's no longer this egoic need to succeed. You realize that success as defined by society is an empty promise. Absolutely. There's no, there's no joy to be found there. I've met billionaires from all over the world who are absolutely miserable. And in some ways, they're more miserable than everybody else because they have everything in the world, and yet they are still not fulfilled. And so for me, being successful is to be at peace with oneself. And I'm happy to say that I'm able to be at peace with myself in the midst of this incredible explosion of grace that is bringing this book and this message to the world in a, in, in a way that I haven't seen before. You had made a statement that the quality of your life is determined by the clarity of your connection to yourself. Speak to that, that word quality of life and how one determines uh, and, and really finds the distinction of the quality of their life. Well, again, it's like we can have everything in the world and not experience a quality of life. You know, our health suffers. You know, our finances suffer. You know, we don't... We don't experience a love that's available to us. We don't have the level of intimacy. And what I've discovered is that actually the more we prioritize our connection to ourselves, the more our life flourishes, the more we have a quality of life. We have health. You know, we have radiance. We have connection. We have intimacy. We have love. We have financial prosperity. It's literally like every area of our life begins to reflect this connection. And for me, Simran, one of the most important things now for us as a community is for us to expand this conversation of connection because it has to become more than just that one thing that you do in the morning and one thing that you do in the evening. You know, what I've discovered is that through resting in the awareness of our breath, literally we can transform our life into a living meditation and that that allows us to remain connected. That allows us to remain aware and present and available for everything that life has to offer. And that in fact, the more we do that, the more we're then open to feeling everything that we've denied, feeling everything that we've repressed. All of a sudden, our creativity opens up, ingenuity opens up, and we begin to access these innate talents and abilities that have remained ever-elusive throughout our lifetime. And so literally, what's being offered here is a way for people to access their dynamic potential and to navigate this modern world, right? Because we are the most overly stimulated generation ever. We've got so many gadgets and so many things around us in any given moment to take us out of our connection. So it's important that we prioritize who we are, that we turn inwards, and that we start living our lives from the inside out instead of from the outside in. Yeah, I think some people, they get really discombobulated when it comes to that word meditate because we try to place an agenda or an experience that has to happen or the way that that has to look. And you have a chapter in your book that is entitled Meditation on a Blank Canvas. Speak a little bit about that blank canvas. Ultimately, we are all a blank canvas, you know, and, and ultimately what's happened is that throughout life, people have kind of stuck these labels on this blank canvas. And of course, then we identify with them. And then before you know it, it's almost like there's no room anymore for that potential, for the possibility, for the greater ability that we once had. And so literally, in some ways, it's important to start peeling all of those labels off. Like, who am I in the absence of my roles, my responsibilities? Who am I in the absence of other people's expectations? And that's what that chapter is about. It's about peeling back the layers of conditioning, peeling back the layers of limitation that literally enshroud us and keep us stuck in our comfort zone so that we can go beyond and so that we can be 
fearless and so that we can venture beyond our known reality, so that we can have the courage to dream bigger and to receive more than we've ever known. My guest today is Panash Desai, and he is an amazing rising New Age star. He is someone that is brightly shining on the planet, sharing his wisdom, sharing his love, and allowing everyone else to know that they can do the same and be the same simply by discovering their own soul signature. The key to changing the world, to changing your life, and to empowering those around you is authenticity, the willingness to be yourself, the willingness to be vulnerable, the willingness to feel the willingness to live. Panache is simply reminding you of who you truly are, supporting you into self-love and acceptance by eradicating the judgment that you've imposed upon yourself and that society has imposed upon you. Your soul signature is your spiritual DNA. It is who you are at your core, the most authentic part of you, your singular contribution to this world. You can find out more about Panache and his brand new book entitled Discovering Your Soul Signature by going to panachedesai.com. That's P-A-N-A-C-H-E-D-E-S-A-I.com. P-A-N-A-C-H-E-D-E-S-A-I.com. And while you're there, definitely check out the 33 consecutive day journey that has begun, and it is a video, audio, and worksheet series that will support you in moving out of judgment into acceptance, from limitation to love, from fear and scarcity to peace and abundance. And while you do so, make sure you've ordered your book so that you have that in hand. Once again, it's panashedesai.com. We'll be right back. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Be visionary. Be extraordinary. Be the change. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you would like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Simron at simron-singh.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simron Singh. 
Before we return to our guest, I want to invite you to definitely take a look at both of my books. The Conversations with the Universe title has just received the 2014 Gold Award, the IPPY Award for Mind, Body, Spirit. And so I'm really thrilled about that. And if you haven't read it, pick it up. In addition, my latest book, Your Journey to Enlightenment, 12 Guiding Principles of Love, Courage, and Commitment. So you can find out more about those at simran-sing.com. Definitely check that out and, again, get your free subscription to 1111 Magazine where you can see all of the archived issues and many of the amazing people that are going to be featured in the upcoming one, including Panache Desai. We don't tend to think of ourselves in terms of our brilliance, but we have no problem owning all of our perceived darkness. We think this makes us humble, but actually it diminishes our light as surely as if we were a candle being snuffed out. And when we diminish that light, the world grows a little bit dimmer. Can you imagine what would happen if everyone snuffed out their own light? We would live in utter darkness. Humility is having the courage to embrace all that you are, to accept the fullness of all that you are, to allow yourself to accept all that the divine has in store for you, to be that candle burning bright. This is from the book, Discovering Your Soul Signature by Panache Desai. I invite you to definitely go and take a look at his website. And in Discovering Your Soul Signature, Panache invites you on a 33-day path of meditation, short passages to be read at morning, noon, and night that are designed to dismantle the emotional burden that holds you back and opens you up to changing your life. Through this distilled poetic, practical, and inspiring course, he invites you to live a life of authenticity, to rediscover purpose and passion, and to believe from your soul the possibility of all things. Again, you can find out more about Panache and all that he's doing at PanacheDesai.com, P-A-N-A-C-H-E-D-E-S-A-I.com. Welcome back, Panache. I want to dig a little bit more into this wonderful book that you have released and talk um, about simplicity, about moving into greater places of simplicity as we uncover uh, and embrace some of these different aspects that we really have kept hidden. You know, the, the more we accept who we are, the simpler we become on the inside, and then the simpler our life becomes on the outside. And there's a direct correlation. It's like it's almost like we become so firmly anchored in what we're doing that there's a profound connection to everything around us. There's a profound availability that we have. And this simplicity allows for receptivity. And, you know, all of a sudden we're not burdened by our emotional baggage we're not you know held back by it and and that's important because you know your sadness when not experienced keeps you firmly anchored in the past so does your fear and so does your anger it's like it's it's like this software you know that keeps feeding you keeps feeding your body keeps feeding your potential and what we have to do is then be available for that so then we can start shifting that software so that then all of a sudden in every moment when we're fresh and new we can be available for being fresh and new instead of continually receiving that old information, those old ideas, those old limitations and those old wounds and hurts that just keep showing up over and over again. And so the more we can accept who we are, the simpler we become. Self-acceptance is the precursor to self-love. And when a human being accesses self-love, the universe in turn loves them back infinitely. So how do people take that from just the intellectual concepts, because we do remain so much in our heads, and because we have all these gadgets to distract us, when we do, uh, when we do come to those moments where we are with ourselves, it's so easy to stay in the mind. How do we then drop it into the body so that it's actually an integrated experience rather than the us or the ego convincing ourselves that we've dealt with it already? 
You know, most people think they have dealt with it already until they show up at one of my seminars or they watch a webinar <laughs> or they pick up the book, and at that point they're in for a rude awakening because in that moment they've shown that they haven't dealt with it already. That, in fact, what's happened is they've adapted. Transformation hasn't occurred. They've adapted. And what they're shown very clearly is that ultimately until their energy is shifted, their lives haven't shifted. So if, unless there's a shift in their energy, their lives and the greater potential of their life doesn't expand in any way. And we're beginning to see this now in, in, in transformation, especially in, you know, with my peers and with all the great people out there you know, doing this work. They're all beginning to realize this, that there has to be a shift out of the mind into the heart. There has to be an experiential way of being. For me, I describe it as a shift out of mindfulness into heartfulness, which is very experiential. And I wrote the book that way. You know, I didn't just want to write another self-help book. I wanted to write a how-to practical guide where people can access you know, this information, and then they can also apply it for themselves in their own lives. And, you know, again, I was very skeptical. And for me, I needed to experience these things for myself in order for them to be real for me. And I believe that a lot of people are the same way. We've gotten to a point where I believe that we're tired of hearing the same conversations over and over again. And people now want a way to actually integrate what they know at the deepest level, what they know to be the truth. And that's what the book is. That's why we meet three times a day on the page. It's why the reader and I get to interact three different times a day so that it becomes true for you and real for you. And so then you can apply it and you can immediately begin to see the shifts in your life. That's why also the journey starts with fear and ends with love because we want people to go through that progression. And it's my absolute honor in the form of this book to be able to hold their hand as we navigate some of these more challenging aspects of ourselves, as we navigate some of these painful aspects of ourselves as we begin to navigate our way through the source of all of our suffering into the freedom that awaits us on the other side. And so as we move through this process, it's about two things. And the first thing I want you to talk about is that we are vibrational beings. And what does that mean to say that we are beyond just the physical form? Well, we're coming into this realization that we're more than just a body and we're more than just a mind. That in fact we are a soul, a spirit, there's something within us that's animating us. There's something more, there's something that's observing life through our eyes. And this vibrational piece really is just ancient wisdom. You know, for 5,000 years, especially in India and uh, in lots of other cultures, ancient civilizations have known that we're vibrational beings. That our personal vibrational frequency or resonance is actually what's determining the outcome of our lives. And that in truth, the universe is mirroring this back to us. And so where we vibrate is what we receive. So, for example, if someone's stuck in fear, and, and that's the dominant energy of their lives, then the best that they can do is suffering and struggle. But when all of a sudden someone starts to shift out of fear into love, and they move into you know, greater and greater levels of love, that the best that they can do then is flourish and thrive. And so literally... What we're doing now is dealing with evolution on a vibrational level. And what we're saying is, that, okay, fear is a part of life. It's normal, but it doesn't have to dominate your experience. And the funny thing is, in 2014, Simran, the majority of people still live in fear. They're afraid. They're afraid they're going to lose something. They're afraid they're going to gain something. You know, fear is still dominating the landscape of our reality. Well, I would like to shift that, and I believe that everyone that's here listening to this has a part to play in that. 
Because literally, if we can do that, if we can start to embrace our fear, and we can start to accept our sadness and our anger, and we can start to integrate these parts of ourselves that we've been taught to condemn, I believe that within three lifetimes we can end suffering altogether. That's the power of this. And that brings the second point that I wanted to bring up, because it really seems as if you are bringing people through different levels of truth. And the first level of truth would be being truthful to ourselves about how we've really felt and how much we've really carried and how much we've really suppressed. And that's a hard place for a lot of people to go. I don't think they have a choice anymore. I think that the lie that we're telling ourselves is kind of losing its appeal. And as demonstrated by the fact that people's lives are just going through greater and greater turmoil and upheaval. I think that ultimately we're being humbled, and and that's a good thing. And to be humble is just to be honest about what's going on with you. But we're being asked to be honest. We're being asked to be open so that we can receive the help that's available to us and so that we can evolve. But this is really an amazing time. And again, you know, I'm doing all these major events with people that aren't ordinarily open to these conversations. And you'll be surprised how now everyone, even in mainstream America, is receiving this and beginning to apply this and is beginning to integrate this because they know at the deepest level that it's the truth. They know how painful it is for them not to be themselves. And they also know that the accumulation of their emotional content is literally killing them from the inside out. It's getting in the way of them having everything that they want. And so we've addressed our bodies, we've addressed our minds, but we haven't addressed ourselves vibrationally. We haven't addressed ourselves at the deepest level, and that is now where we have to go. I love the statement. You have a chapter on gripes, and you write that gripes are a passive-aggressive way to dealing with life. Uh, Talk a little bit about that, because it's so easy to complain and to blame and to shame another and to have our gripes, because it just seems like a a satisfaction in the moment. But how is that so definitely not satisfaction? Well, gripes are expressed from a posture of, like, victimhood. It's like, you know, you'll see something in the news, and instead of actually taking any action towards shifting that, You'll just sit there and you'll complain and you'll gripe and you'll just continue to whine and moan and snivel and all those wonderful things that you do. Well, instead of that, how about we start to actually get in touch with the impact of life? We start to get in touch with the impact of what we're seeing in the news. We start to get in touch with the impact of where the world is now. And we start to really feel what there is to feel inside of us because of that. The more we do that, the more that we step out of gripes and this this constant um, way of being that we have where we're just complaining and passive-aggressive and never really courageous enough to say what we want to say. We'll do it in a, you know, almost in a, uh, in a way that's behind the, the, the back, you know, behind the back door. We won't be open. We won't be honest. We won't be authentic. And so I love this chapter because we all have our gripes. We all have our pet peeves. This is our opportunity to start looking at that behavior, to start examining it consciously, so we can start to unravel the energy that's underneath the behavior. And we can start to really express how we feel. And then at that point, we can start to see positive change in the world instead of just sitting on the sidelines of life complaining about why it isn't the way you'd like it to be. You can actively play a part in making it the way you would love it to be. One of my favorite chapters in your book is is actually the section on gratitude because I know that I... 
I am so grateful for everything, and I'm especially grateful for the things that we would call obstacles and challenges. I write about that in my own book, Conversations with the Universe, that they're actually there to give us so much more if we would allow them to. And you talk about so beautifully how... We are here not to just be grateful for the good stuff, the great stuff, but for everything. So tell about how to be grateful for the sadness or grateful for the tragedy or grateful for uh, the, the car that's breaking down. Talk about how we can be grateful for all of it. Well, life is like an infinite continuum, and it's an infinite continuum of experiences. So we're not here to learn lessons. We're here to have experiences. And every experience plays a part in our greater development. It's like if somebody told you something, more than likely you'd forget it. But if you actually experienced it, you'd never forget it. And that's life. Life is an experiential reality. You know, this planet is an experiential reality. And so what we have is the blessing of actually feeling our feelings, of, of experiencing love, of experiencing heartbreak, of experiencing loss. And in the moment, it never makes sense. But when we look back at ourselves... Uh, you know, from this infinite continuum, from a little bit further along, we can see the part that it played in our greater development. And so I think, you know, particularly in the self-help industry, you know, gratitude has become a throwaway, right? It's like, you know, oh, yeah, just be grateful for everything. But I think that ultimately we're only scratching the surface of the power of gratitude. To me, gratitude is an open-hearted way of being. It's not just a concept or an idea. And when we can meet life in an open-hearted way, naturally we're grateful for everything. We can see it as a part of our journey. We, we include it as a part of our journey. We include it as a part of our greater unfolding. And then we can celebrate it. And even in the moment, if it's painful, if it's hard, if it's a source of suffering, you know, a few years down the road, we'll be able to see it for the vital transitionary moment that it was in our greater evolution into who we are, who we are growing into, which is this amazing being, which is filled with possibility, filled with love, filled with abundance, radiant, luminous, and healthy. And so be grateful for everything. You know, love is all-inclusive. I believe that now gratitude has to become all-inclusive as well. And as we look at everything from that place of gratitude, especially experiences in gratitude, uh, then we can get to a place where we don't have to pull something out of an experience and identify with it, like a, uh, a divorce or uh, a failure of something or another type of loss that occurs. We're not holding on to it in that way and making it who we are. We can move beyond it. Talk about how we let go and just allow the experience instead of becoming the experience. Well, one of my favorite chapters in the book is actually called The Roller Coaster. And I love that because I love theme parks. And at the end of the ride, you always get to the, like, the photo booth where there are the pictures, and there are always these embarrassing pictures of people. Right? And typically, there's a six-year-old child with their arms up in the air with a big smile on their face, sitting next to an adult who looks like they're going to vomit, holding onto the bar so tightly that you can see the whites of their knuckles. Absolute terror. And for me, this is life. Life is like a roller coaster. We can get hurtled along at speeds that are just mind-blowing, we're going to get turned around, flipped upside down. We're going to get twisted, twisted in one direction, twisted in another direction. And all of a sudden, you know, life might even do a loop-the-loop. Well, the question in all of this or the opportunity in all of this is how we meet all of this. We can be tense. We can be tight. We can allow it to, you know, be a strain on our bodies. We can allow it to be a strain on our lives. Or we can just put our arms up in the air and recognize that all of these experiences are nothing more than a part of the ride. 
You know, Simran, I realized a long time ago that the highest spiritual state is simply one in which you observe life without judgment. And that ultimately, if we as human beings could get to a point where we could just observe ourselves in the midst of living our lives, we would begin to realize what every great being has shared since the beginning of time. We would begin to realize that we are one with all of creation. We are one with all of life and that suffering isn't the norm. That love and abundance and healing is the norm. We would literally shift the way we relate to ourselves. We'd shift the headlines. We'd shift everything because we would undergo one of the most powerful transformations there is. And so I would invite you all to be like that six-year-old. Throw your arms up in the air to smile, to breathe, to relax, to be available for the twists and turns of life, the loop-loops of life, you know, the, the dips and the twists that are unexpected. Because that way, you'll be able to enjoy it. You'll be able to savor it. You'll be able to get off that ride and say, I did that. I did that being human thing. I did it. And I squeezed every single ounce of it that I could out of it. I had made the most of it. When we reject our authentic selves, we allow our soul signature to become blocked by any number of emotional obstacles that life throws in our path. Anger, fear, guilt, shame, sadness, despair. Any or all of these feelings overtake us and create a density, a heaviness that doesn't permit us to embrace who we truly are deep inside. We are energetic beings. Panache Desai reminds us, and emotions are energy in motion. When we are blocked, we feel unworthy, less than, unloved, incomplete. In his new book, Discovering Your Soul's Signature, Panache invites you on a 33-day path of meditation, short passages to be read at morning, noon, and night that are designed to dismantle the emotional burden that holds you back and opens you up to changing your life. Through this distilled poetic, practical, and inspiring course, he invites you to live a life of authenticity, to rediscover purpose and passion, and to believe from your soul in the possibility of all things. Panash Desai is a contemporary thought leader whose messages of love and self-acceptance has drawn thousands of people from around the world through seminars and workshops. Not aligned with any religious or spiritual tradition, he empowers people to free themselves of pain, suffering, sadness, and self-limiting beliefs. You can find out more about his new book, Discovering Your Soul Signature, at panashdesai.com, along with a 33-day journey that he is offering as a support. So you can definitely go there to find out about all of that, along with any events and some live stream events that are coming up that Panache is doing as well. The book is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and anywhere books are sold. Again, this is panashdesai.com. We'll be right back with Panache. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 
1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Be the change. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you would like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Simron at simron-singh.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simron Singh. The final segment of the Rebel Road Tour will be underway in June. So if you haven't been out to see one of my Rebel Road shows, definitely make a point. The final cities will be Atlanta, Yelm, Washington, Seattle, and Missoula, Montana. I look forward to you joining me in any one of those places. It has been a wild ride as I have gotten in this RV with my two children and truly lived a life in the unknown for the last 11 months, allowing life to lead and not planning or controlling any of it. When you let that happen, magic happens. So definitely check that out at therebelroad.com, or you can find out more about that at my main website, simran-sing.com. So many of us believe that we have to do something, that we have to take action in order to make a difference in the world, that we must have a higher purpose, a mission, a profound calling. And while action certainly has its place, it's really how we are in the world that makes the difference. Consider this, if you are at peace with yourself, you're already making a difference. We can donate money or send aid or volunteer to shelter, but the first thing we must do is take responsibility and stock of our own path of consciousness. This is from the book, Discovering Your Soul Signature from by Panesh Desai, and you can find out how to move from fear to love in these 33 steps as you move through the many different emotions and experiences that every human being encounters as part of our journey of the soul. You can find out more about Panache at panachedesai.com and definitely take part of the 33-day journey that he has going on right now as well as tapping into some of the live stream events or any of the other events that he has on his website. Welcome back, Panache. Let's talk about that doing something. You know, you spoke in the beginning of the show about people telling you, different gurus telling you that we're happy you're here, we're happy something that you're going to, to do your work in the world at some point. And so many people, you know, wake up when they're young and they think they're here to save the world or they go through life and they think, I'm, I need to do something, I'm supposed to do something. And that's part of their stress and frustration is that they feel like they're here to achieve some big, great purpose but in their own minds, they don't even know what that purpose is or they've made the purpose so large that it's overwhelming to even achieve it. Talk a little bit about 
the simple steps and just being at peace first and foremost. Well, I'm really happy to say that I'm not here to save the world. We'll leave that to Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman and the Avengers or Spider-Man. And, um, you know, ultimately what I've discovered is that the only place where any difference really needs to be made is within ourselves. You know, often, you know, we're running to the furthest reaches of the planet to impact, you know, a change outside of us. And as much as that is beneficial, it's not dealing with the real issue. The real issue is that we're all unresolved with ourselves internally. And it's this internal uh, distress, this internal conflict that's leading to all the external conflict in the world. And so the more we can just simply come back to ourselves, love ourselves, nurture ourselves, you know, it's like be an aid worker and dedicate like, you know, an hour a day to yourself. You know, give yourself that love and that attention. It's not selfish. It's actually the greatest act of self-love that there is. And it's actually the greatest contribution that you can make to this entire reality. And here's why. Because if we were actually to take the time to get to know ourselves, and we were actually to take the time to embrace who we are as we are, we would stop adding to the pain quotient of this planet and of the universe. Literally, we could start to begin to feel everything inside of us, and it would begin and end inside of us. Our anger would arise and subside. Our fear would arise and subside. Our tears would arise and subside. And naturally, we'd become peaceful. And so we are now at a point where we're realizing that the shift needs to be made internally. And that the more we focus on that and the more we focus on heightening our awareness and knowing of who we are, the more then the planet shifts in kind. Because we're, we're absolutely connected. Oh, but Panache, you know, someone out there is saying, but that person in my office just triggers me. I can't stand when they walk down the corridor up to me, or my partner just did this, and it has really rocked my world, or my kids are driving me nuts. What do we do with those triggers that show up? Do we embrace well, those too? Do we heal them? Do we just own ourselves away? What do we do? That person in the office upsets you, you need to take them out for lunch and sit next to them, literally. And you need to just invite them to upset you and to deal with your own stuff inside of you. Because, you see, when people trigger you, it's not that they're making you angry. They're reminding you of the anger that you already have inside of you. If it isn't there inside of you to begin with, then there's no way that anyone could ever trigger you. And so it's important to have that shift in perception. To begin to realize that when someone triggers us, we need to run towards them. Like for me, like if someone actually does something that upsets me, I'll go and hang out with them. And, and, you know, spend more time with them than anyone else. Because literally, nobody should have that much power over me. You know, for me, I'm completely committed to being peaceful. I always say to people, like, if you want to go on a spiritual retreat, take the most annoying person in your life away for a week and stay in the same room as them. And okay, let them push good. all of your buttons and breathe. You know, it's like, you know, we go on these retreats, everyone's all like-minded. Well, there's no transformation happening there. You're not, be you're not being stretched out of your comfort zone. But when someone triggers you, they're offering you a blessing. It's just that in the moment, you can't see it. And I'm happy to say that, you know, I can say this now, that there's very little that triggers me anymore because of my willingness to run towards it and to embrace it and to accept it. As a part of myself, then it's over. Yeah, I, I totally get that one. I, I, I love running to that stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about sabotage, though, because I think some people uh, have that issue of really 
working on themselves and doing the right things and building something and being an activist or an activator in their own life, but then all of a sudden something just shows up and it's almost as if there's just a complete self-sabotage that takes place. And I know you've got a chapter in the book around that. Well, your inner saboteur lies in wait for something good to happen in your life. And then it strikes. And then this, this aspect of us, it's kind of like this mischievous aspect of us, will do everything it can to try and undermine, you know, the breakthrough that you're about to have. So, for example, writing a book is an incredibly crazy process. I know you've just recently gone through it. And what I noticed is that my inner saboteur was, like, running rabid, right, literally, because it's just there. It's like we, there's a part of us that knows that we're about to be exposed. We may potentially be embarrassed. We are on the line because we're authentic and transparent. And that inner saboteur kicks in. And the inner saboteur kicked in for me. Like all of a sudden, I find myself eating a little bit more than I normally do, right? Or just social mediating a little bit more than I ordinarily do. And so the key is vigilance, to be aware of that. All of a sudden, when you're engaging in behaviors that you don't ordinarily engage in, or you're doing more of something than you ordinarily do, pay attention because that could be your inner saboteur. For me, in my case, I knew that I was getting ready to put this deeply personal work out in the world as a vehicle for transformation. You know, Simran, it's different when you're doing that in a workshop with 30 people or 300 people even, but all of a sudden when you commit it to the page and you put it out into the world for millions of people to see, it's a very different thing indeed. And so, you know, this inner saboteur piece is fascinating. It will wait for you to be at the pinnacle of something or to be on the verge of something huge or something, you know, that's really going to shift the course of your life and then it'll kick into gear. So pay attention, folks. Be aware, be vigilant. That is the key. And as you move through your own experiences of creating this work and being that open and that vulnerable and and more transparent so that you can really walk that path of authenticity, uh, could you speak to people about how to step into those places uh, while also still doing your work, how how we all are always still to do our work. Otherwise, we would have ascended already if there was nothing else to look at inside of us. I think it's a question of feeling the fear around those aspects of yourself and then going there anyway. Like, so whatever you resist the most, it's almost like you have to do that until so there's nothing that you resist anymore. And, you know, this whole conversation of ascension is interesting because I believe that the more we deal with our vibrational density, the heaviness that we've accumulated through life, the more our energy ascends. Now, will that lead to us physically ascending? I don't know. But I intend on finding out. And the blessing of that is that the more we can discover ourselves in nature and align with it, and the more we can move out of fear into love and be open and be relaxed when life happens, the more we are opening up that doorway of ascension and expansion. And so for me, it's like we've already ascended, and now we're just going through all the steps of ascension that we have to go through in order to realize the power of what that means in its totality. So as you speak about possibility, and we're even talking about ascension, how do we stay in this place of not even limiting our possibility, not even placing any kind of ceiling on what's available to and for us as beings when we do have these examples in the world or these past beliefs and many things that are hidden or uncovered that 
perhaps it hasn't even come to our awareness yet. How can we just open those doors, raise the roof, uh, kind of like Pharrell Williams says in his song, Happy, take the roof off till we just be happy and be in our all possibility? For me, the answer is one word, and that's trust. You know, I began to realize through my life's experiences that what was happening to me was way beyond my capacity to even imagine. And I think that had I set out to imagine any of this, I would have limited it. Because my imagination or my yearning or my wanting would have been born from what I believed I needed in order to excel or to flourish or the experiences I needed to have. Instead of just going through what was required for me to go through to live in the fullness of who I'm here to be. And so it's time to go beyond all of the envisioning and dreaming and all of this stuff and just start trusting. And the other thing that allowed me to do that was just this basic understanding and awareness of just observing nature. And nature's continually growing into more. The universe is continually expanding into more. And if everything around us is continually demonstrating this principle, then why isn't that true for us? At some point, we have to just stop all the hoo-ha and just start trusting in ourselves, trusting in life, trusting in the universe, and trusting in this journey. Because I'll tell you something, when you can do that, you won't be disappointed. Literally, I've met world leaders. I've had the opportunity to sit with icons. You know, I'm, I'm honored to be able to call them my friends. I have met everyone that I've always wanted to meet. I have you know, incredible people that have made a huge difference in the world that are my friends and colleagues. And so life has a way of showing up beyond your ability to dream. It's like the divine constantly blows my mind every day. It just blows my mind. It's like, oh, yeah, you think this is good. Just wait, I'm going to give you this. And then you think, oh, you think this is good. I'm going to give you this. And what I've discovered is that it's important for us all to deal with that part of us that is unworthy, our guilt and our shame. Now, I've discovered that the more we can embrace our guilt and our shame, the more we can receive. And the more that conversation or that label or that experience of unworthiness becomes a non-issue. And at that point, it's like the floodgates open. And literally then everyone shows up on your doorstep just saying to you, how can I help you? What is it that you need? You know, how can we support you? And that's really been my experience. And I know that that's true and that's available for everyone that's listening. So really think about it. Wouldn't it be wonderful to have your mind blown? I think it's about time. This book has 33 steps, 33 numerologically, is a master number. And so you're looking at finding a path that is actually going to help you embrace your mastery. The book is entitled Discovering Your Soul Signature, and it is 33 steps. The key to changing your world, to changing your life, and to empowering those around you is authenticity and the willingness to be yourself, be vulnerable, feel, and live. This book is simply reminding you who you truly are, supporting you into the self-love and acceptance by eradicating the judgment that you've imposed upon yourself and that society has imposed upon you. I invite you to find out more about Panesh Desai. He's a highly sought-after speaker, is on the faculty of Omega Institute and the Kripalu Center for Yoga and Health. He is a member of the Evolutionary Leaders Circle and has taught at the Celebrate Your Life and Healing with the Master series. He's addressed the United Nations Enlightenment Society and the Sun Valley Wellness Festival. And in May in 2014, the featured speaker at the Third Metric Conference, hosted by Ariana Huffington and Mike Brzezinski. 
the NASA's collaborated with internationally recognized spiritual teachers, including Reverend Michael Beckwith, Elizabeth Lester, Brian White, James Van Prague, Colette Baron Reed, and Neil Donald Walsh, and more. Find out more about Panache Desai at panachedesai.com. Definitely order his book, Discovering Your Soul Signature, and dive in to the 33 consecutive day journey with him that has already begun. Until next week, I'm Simran Singh. In love, of love, with love, and as love, be well. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice with 1111 Top Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens.